your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLocal and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you enjoy this episode and want to stay tuned for future episodes or catch up on ones you may have missed, drop a like, follow, or free subscription on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Never miss any Winnipeg Jets news when you stay tuned to Lockdown Winnipeg Jets, your team every day. On today's episode, we are going to be catching up with some recent Winnipeg Jets news and developments before talking about some of the past couple of games, including stuff that happened last night, stuff that's happening today, actually ongoing right now, and then also dialing into the upcoming games this week. We've covered some of the previous games yesterday and some of the future games as well, but we haven't looked too much past the, I guess, the first couple of games over this upcoming week. First, though, let's talk about the news. It sounds like Winnipeg is in a bit of a COVID situation right now because Tucker Pullman has been pulled aside and will not be traveling with the team. It is COVID-related. They have put him under protocol, and I think that there are a variety of reasons why they would flag him in particular. I think he'd have to be symptomatic or they'd have to be worried that he came into direct contact. There's a bunch of different criteria that you could meet in order to be isolated, but what concerns me the most, I think, is that He's been playing a lot with some of these other guys, and it occasionally takes COVID like a solid week or so before it starts manifesting symptoms or even positive testing. If you're the Jets, you're kind of playing with fire here because you are traveling to Toronto uh, either today or tomorrow, and you have to face the Maple Leafs, and if anyone else is actually infected and just doesn't know it yet, it'd put everyone at risk. Yesterday, Maurice had canceled practice, and today he said it was out of precaution, not because of any particular mandatory uh, cancellation rules, which for me is a bit strange. I think that that sort of, you know, wording makes it sound like it came down to his decision, and the fact that that is the case would make me, uh, you know, be a little bit concerned about what exactly the guidelines for handling this are in place, because if, if it's down to, like, a coach's discretion to cancel something like practice, right, does that mean that most of this is very informal? I don't really know. Either way, Pullman's not going to be playing with the team for a solid week or so. Dylan DeMello is also not going to be joining the team, at least for a couple of games, I would imagine, because he is staying home with his wife and his brand new child. So, you know, congrats to the DeMellos. Glad that they are enjoying the best of life, and I wish them great fortune in raising their newborn. As a result of Pullman and DeMello both being out for the foreseeable future, it does sound like Dylan Sandberg and Logan Stanley are starting to practice. Logan Stanley got the nod today, and I think he will probably be making his NHL debut sooner rather than later. You know, I have a couple of thoughts about this. Logan Stanley, for me, is somebody who, in many ways, was an overdraft, and I think a lot of people were, you know, they're not very high on him, for obvious reasons. Stanley is one of those players who fits more of, like, an old-fashioned hockey model rather than the modern prototypical, like, puck-moving D-man. What Stanley brings is size and strength, but I think the biggest issue is that he doesn't really have a whole lot of active mobility that would be NHL caliber, as far as I last saw, unless things have changed, you know. He's still kind of, like, 
I wouldn't say like a pylon kind of player. I think he is more mobile than that. And I actually think he does have, you know, decent offensive instincts and he knows when to jump into the rush. But the issue with that is that when it comes to defending in his own zone, I think he relies on his size and strength and just sheer presence to sort of block passing and shooting lanes. But at the NHL level, you need to actually detect danger well in advance and adjust your positioning and, you know, anticipate where play is coming from. And I'm not sure if Stanley's going to be the kind of guy that does that. If he debuts tomorrow against the Leafs and you kind of have to pit him against some of the top talents, I'd be very careful. You don't want to expose him to, to players like Willie Nylander, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. I mean, these are all guys with top-end speed, top-end goal-scoring ability, really great stick handling, and very sharp offensive instincts, which might be a little bit too much for Stanley to handle, especially in his NHL debut. Logan could be a potentially okay third-pairing guy down the road, but it's going to be a lot to ask of him, you know, especially in his, in his NHL debut, to kind of play against the Leafs, a team that has a lot of team speed, even though they've been a little bit slower over the past couple of games. I do think that if you pit him against, like, a jumbo Joe Thornton or something, you might be able to get away with it. Players who you can sort of just watch and, and sort of track a little bit easier than trying to contain somebody like Matthews. It still is is a bit of a risk, but I guess the Jets want to see what they have in him. Maurice is probably in some capacity thinking that his size and strength will be very helpful in boxing out opponents inside the box and keeping pucks away from Connor Hellebuck, but, you know, I'm just not really in love with the concept. I'd rather see Sandberg, who I think possesses a lot more puck-moving ability and is just generally a more well-rounded prospect. Dylan's a big kid as well, and he's not he's definitely strong and not small, um, but he's a little bit more mobile. I think that his IQ is probably a bit higher, and I don't know about his offensive game. I don't know if it's something that would be better or worse or maybe even the same as to what Stanley brings because like Stanley is actually like a decent volume shooter at the AHL level the problem is, is it's just not really like high danger chances and like I'm not really asking for a whole lot for my third pairing defender either so in this case it might be okay I think Sandberg would be my personal choice I just think that defensively speaking he's going to be more well-rounded and when he's in the offensive zone he'll be smarter at understanding when danger for a counter is potentially forming and adjusting for that and helping to keep the puck inside the offensive zone for his linemates to capitalize on on scoring chances. Aside from the defenders, Patrick Laine was sidelined briefly during practice and went down the tunnel and did not return. Um, so it sounds like he has some kind of calf injury or, or hip injury of some sort. I don't know if he aggravated something that he's been having for a while. Ehlers is also not on the initial flight to Toronto, although it does sound like he is traveling to Ontario. So my guess is, you know, he had to go through some sort of testing or something briefly, and everything checked out, so he's on his way to join the Jets. I would be surprised if he's not in the lineup tomorrow. Maurice went back to his cop on the first line training sessions, uh, and so that's interesting, I guess. If if Ehlers isn't available, Veselainen will slot in. I think Ehlers should be playing again, I, you know, based on what the information and wording is available. It doesn't sound like Nick is in any shape not to play, so hopefully one of our most important skaters is available for tomorrow at full strength especially if Line A is unavailable for the foreseeable future. That about wraps up the Jets news, and so we'll transition to talking a little bit about yesterday's games as well as some of the action that happened today and what we might expect from the upcoming week. But before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag is the only place you need to do your online betting. 
We're steaming along towards the NFL preseason end, especially with the Lombardi Trophy in sight for a number of different teams. We've already had a couple of surprising results throughout the wildcard games, and some early divisional action where even the Ravens were upset by the Buffalo Bills. Or at least upset in my heart, even though it was actually the Bills that were favored by a slight margin in some cases. If you're a diehard NFL fan, though, and you think you know who's going to be the next Super Bowl champ, then head on over to BetOnline.ag and create a free account today to start your online betting campaign. BetOnline is the safest, most reliable, and convenient place to do your online betting and features all of the major sports you could want, from NFL action to college football and even NHL betting. No matter what sport you're into, BetOnline has your back. Getting started is super easy. Just log on to BetOnline.ag and create your free account. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are going to be talking about some of the games from yesterday and some of the action from today. But before then, I wanted to tell you about why you need to be listening to Locked on Bets right now. 2020 is thankfully over, and it's time for a fresh start with a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want even more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your favorite podcasts. With uh, talking about some wins out of the way, I actually have a few losses to report, and yesterday I previewed some of the games with some expectations for what scorelines we might see with what uh, was on slate for the evening. And it turns out, pretty much everything I thought was going to happen ended up not really occurring at all. The New Jersey Devils beat Boston in overtime thanks to a really nice Sharon Govich overtime goal that was a really nice sequence from Blackwood to uh, Kyle Palmieri, then to Damon Severson, and then a perfect pass to Sharon Govich who found himself on a breakaway goal. So really nice performance from the Devils. I think they probably surrendered a few more shots than they would have liked. You know, Boston was probably a bit unlucky, but hey, you take what you can get. Arizona then beat San Jose 5-3. The Yotes are one of those odd teams where I'm not really sure... I don't really know what to expect from them this season. I don't know if they're going to be good, bad, average. They're a strange team at all times, and it's really hard to get a sense of what exactly it is that they are capable of. Although Barrett Hayton does have, an, I think, his first NHL goal now and looks to be a a likely top six major performer for that squad. So they finally get a bit of an offensive boost, but, uh, you know, obviously I'm not really fond of the Oats right now. I feel like their offseason stuff still kind of sits pretty fresh in terms of uh, all of the controversy that they were embroiled in. So, ugh, you know, not a fan. Then Montreal went into Edmonton and pretty much spanked the Oilers 5-1. Now, this result is not super surprising. I know if you've listened to uh, previous episodes, I've talked about the Habs being a serious problem. I felt like their first loss in their opening game was probably a little bit unlucky in some capacities. I think that this team has a lot of potential to just tear up squads, especially with really fast puck movement, great counters, and really underappreciated or underrated skill with some fresh faces that I think have, have made a big difference already. And then you've got guys like Kotkaniemi coming back better than ever after a, uh, a stint with Laval. I mean, this is just a really deep, really interesting team. And the only issue that they really have is their defense. If they can kind of find a way to neutralize the, the worst aspects of their blue line, I think the Habs are going to be a menace. Now on to the, uh, the surprising results of the evening. The New York Rangers just apparently thrashed the Islanders 5 nothing, which... Wow, I don't think you can actually author a script more, you know, contrastingly different from the opening game than that one. I mean, the Islanders basically got humiliated on on away ice for them, but I I think the Rangers probably had a bit of hurt pride after the first game where they were made to look a little bit like a peewee squad. Well, it looks like the Islanders were made to be that peewee squad on this evening, 
and I'm sure Trotz is probably thinking about everything that could have possibly gone wrong, but from what everyone was saying and from some of the footage that I caught, it just seemed like the Islanders didn't even show up. These teams are going to be playing a lot of games in very short time frames, so it might be that we're going to see more signs of fatigue, but this is just the second game of the season for the Islanders, and to already kind of collapse in such a calamitous fashion, not really a great sign. The next surprising result was the Detroit Red Wings beating Carolina 4-2. I do think that this is a game where, you know, the Red Wings do have some talented scorers, and maybe you would expect at least some of them to show up, but Bobby Ryan had a goal, um, so that's a little bit interesting, I guess. Uh, I don't really expect Detroit to win too, too many games, but hey, they've already won one this season. It's probably better than they were expecting last year when they had an even worse team. And uh, Carolina, I think, will be a little bit disappointed. I think they probably expected to take these two opening games against the Red Wings, and uh, obviously the first game they dominated Detroit, and now that didn't happen as much in the second game. The third interesting result, Toronto beating Ottawa 3-2. I think we did expect at least one win for the Maple Leafs here. I think even with Toronto being not particularly great, that's a squad that still has pretty considerable offensive depth. And, like, they're playing Ottawa, right? So the Sens are, are not great. Um, they definitely lack a lot of forward and defensive depth, and their goaltending is Matt Murray. So not a super ideal situation if you're an Ottawa fan. And I do expect that they will lose quite a few games this season. Hopefully a lot to the Jets, if we're being honest. But some of the same issues with the Maple Leafs that reared their head in the first game still are present here. They're definitely a slower team, and they do need to figure out a way to minimize the impacts of some of their slower skaters like Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons, uh, and some of the blue liners who aren't quite up to snuff. If they get back to those rapid counters and verticals, I think they'll be fine. They have all of the speed and pace, you know, with their top six that you could possibly want. Move some of your depth forwards into actual depth spots where they'll be more likely to make a positive impact. Let the kids do the heavy lifting. As for the other games, uh, Nashville beat Columbus again, 5-2. I don't know if this was the same scoreline as the previous game, but Nashville has been pretty decent, I suppose. I don't really know what to expect from them long term. I think the Preds are like one of those teams where against weaker squads, they're not too uh, not too shabby, but I think against really strong high-end scoring teams, they're going to have some issues. The defense and forward units are fine, but I don't think that they particularly improved in the offseason, and I'm always very middling on their upside. It's a decent squad with an okay coaching system, but from the rest of it, I'm just not really sure that it's more than like a playoff contender more than like a Stanley Cup contender. One of the more interesting games, though, was then the uh, the Minnesota Wild beating the LA Kings, and apparently <laughs> LA missed an open net. They pinged it off the post from, I think, the center ice area, and then Minnesota, with just a few seconds left, tied it and then won in overtime. Kirill Kaprizov has already made an impact now that he's with the North American squad and actually skating with the Wild. He's already had a couple of points for them. I think he'll be a big difference maker, and that Wild team could be really pesky. They've had some really nice early results, but granted, the Kings are a pretty weak team, so don't read too much into it. That said, interesting all the same. And then to close out the night, Vegas won against Anaheim in overtime, which not really shocking. Vegas is Vegas. Great squad. I think Mark Stone is now the captain. He continues to just be a force of nature. And Mark Stone's an amazing player. It's a shame he didn't make it in a Jets uniform. The final game of the evening was Calgary shutting out Vancouver 3-0, and that's also not super shocking. I think Calgary is probably a bit better than what the Canucks can offer. Just because I don't think that if, if Vancouver's top-end talent starts to falter, I don't suspect that their depth forwards are going to have as much of a chance to really pull it out of the fire. Unfortunately, this was one where I expected Vancouver to maybe come out with like a 3-1 or a 3-2 win, but again, I was a little bit surprised in some ways. But it's not really shocking in the way that like a Rangers 5-0 win is. It's just a little bit like, oh, well, you know, maybe the Flames are, will have an okay season. That was the last of last night's results, so we'll talk about today's results in just a moment and look ahead for some of the future games as well.
Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's episode with a brief thought on the uh, Washington Capitals versus the Pittsburgh Penguins game, which ended in a 3-4 shootout loss for the Caps. The Pens obviously had two uh, regulation losses before, and so now this is a huge win for them in what has been a little bit of a tougher start to the season. As far as the Caps are concerned, I think they were probably a little bit tired, but I think their performance today was probably a pretty fair result. I think Washington hasn't been that great over the past couple of games. I think the Sabres were probably a little bit unfortunate not to have at least a point out of some of their games. They certainly played pretty decent hockey and pushed Washington, and I think the Pens ending up winning a shootout is is pretty fair. I think the Caps have slowed down a little bit. Uh, you know, their defense is not super great. I think some of their forwards are a little bit underperforming, I would say, but it's also like the start of the season in a COVID-shortened year, so I don't really know if you can actually read too, too much into it, but you never really know with this team. I mean, the Caps have always had weird results over the past couple of seasons. They're a decent team, but also kind of bad in some ways. Certainly their defense last year was atrocious. Who knows where they're going to finish at this rate? Probably in a playoff position, but don't be shocked if something strange happens and they don't last too long in the postseason. Today's other game is about two hours out, and that is between Chicago and Florida. Now, based on what happened to Chicago in the first game, you'd probably expect Florida to win, but, you know, the Panthers aren't exactly great either, and I don't really know if I trust the Panthers all that much. I think Chicago has potential to score a couple of goals and hurt the Panthers pretty quickly, but if Bobrovsky is on his game and the rest of the Panthers' offense doesn't have a serious issue on the ice, I, I do think it could be an okay game for Florida. They've had some decent stretches of hockey in previous seasons. I just don't think that overall they're a particularly great team, but you never know. Tomorrow has a much more interesting slate of games. Starting the day off at noon, we've got Columbus versus Detroit, which I I know I said is a much more interesting slate, and obviously that's probably not what you would classify as an interesting game. But maybe the Red Wings can go for a second win in a row here. They've really struggled to generate wins over the past couple of seasons, so it would be cool to see some of those younger players and towns actually start to produce and get Detroit some results. Next, we have Boston versus the Islanders, which promises to be a good game. I think the you know Bruins have been a little bit unfortunate not to have all the points against the Devils. But hey, you know the Islanders are going to be reeling off of a really bad loss to New York, the Rangers that is. So they'll be looking for some measure of a comeback win and something that you know gets them back on track after a bit of a hot and cold start. And then around 7 p.m., we've got the the Winnipeg Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs squaring off. I think this is going to be a tough game for the Jets. Earlier, I mentioned that Line was potentially out for this game, but it does sound like he was on the flight to Ontario and seems to be with the team. So hopefully his little warm-up issue was just a brief, uh, you know, spasm or something and nothing too serious. Later in the evening, we've got Buffalo versus Philadelphia. Now, this is an actually genuinely interesting game just because Buffalo has played a, you know, pretty okay hockey for the most part. I think the Flyers are going to be another team that Again, has played pretty decent hockey, but they've had some very good scoring fortune and maybe taken advantage of some really sloppy defensive plays. So if Buffalo's not careful, they could find themselves in like a 3 nothing hole very quickly. We've also got San Jose versus St. Louis, and I expect, you know, that after, after a really bad loss to the Avs, I think the Blues will also try to rebound against a very weak San Jose team. The Sharks are just not that good, and the Blues should be able to take advantage on home ice and really kind of polish off a, a San Jose team that continues to try and rebuild. We've also got Carolina-Nashville, which I think Carolina will be looking to respond after that tough loss to the Red Wings. I think Nashville is one of those squads that's going to be very difficult to unseat when they're on their own ice. You know, Nashville is not a a great team, but they definitely have a lot of really well-balanced depth, and maybe their defensive structure is going to be difficult for the Canes to pierce. 
Closing out the night, we have a suite of interesting matchups. We've got Minnesota versus Anaheim, and if Minnesota is actually for real and like a genuinely decent team, maybe we'll start to get a sense of uh, how they might perform over the rest of the season against better teams. Anaheim's probably not the first really tough test they'll face, but we'll see how they do. Maybe they continue their great streak of good play, and maybe it means a brighter future for this team as the rest of the season wears on. You then have another Vancouver versus Calgary game, which, yeah, you know, Vancouver was not exactly great over the past couple of games. Even though they have won, it's obvious that, you know, Vancouver is, is going to struggle this season. And I think the same can be said for Calgary, even though they won their first match against the, the Canucks. With how badly Winnipeg kind of tore apart Calgary in the, the latter 40 minutes of their opening game, pretty rough season ahead if Calgary can't get things together. The last two games will be Arizona versus Vegas and Montreal versus Edmonton. And of those two, I think you definitely want to watch Montreal versus Edmonton. The Oilers, after getting embarrassed the first game, are going to feel like they need to have a huge response and show Montreal that, in fact, Connor McDavid is probably the best player in the league. Montreal just needs to keep doing what it's doing. This team has been dialed in already, and it seems like despite some early stumbles in terms of scorelines, I think they're going to be having a very strong season. They play great hockey, very exciting. And if Carey Price continues to be great in net, yeah, they're going to be a really tough outcome the postseason. Be sure to let me know what games you'll be watching and tracking at HLivingLoco on Twitter and at our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Before you log off, be sure to check out Locked On Fantasy. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!